morning and happy Saturday. It is Amanda and Barron with Kicking Cancer Cares. And before we get started, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Oddmo's Pizza. He's absolutely amazing. We actually had his pizza in studio last week. Yes, and we even caught you mid-bite trying to answer a question. Well, I know, and I was like, I'll wait till after the show to eat my piece, and then I was... Was just shovel in my face real quick. It just happened like that. And you started the show without that awesome intro. So you got to go back up. Just rewind for a second. Okay, sorry. This is Amanda from KSLM Radio on 104.3 FM and 1220 AM. And you are listening to Kicking Cancer Cares. There it is. That's it. That's what we're waiting for. You're welcome. And we have a guest <laughs> in studio today, too. Yes, go ahead. Hello, hello. So, so hello, hello. <laughs> so this actually, this guest I brought with me, not that she's a cancer survivor, some of our stories, but she's going to bring so much knowledge to today's discussion. So this is my friend Rachel with Valley Radon. Now, you've talked about her a few times, so I'm so glad you could join us. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me today. Kind of ties have... in hand in hand, lung cancer and radon. So yeah, so November is lung cancer awareness. Okay. And I'll let her describe a lot more of what she does. But, but radon is something all people don't know about. Right. And she's going to educate you about radon. So it's part of our lung cancer discussion today. Awesome. Amazing. I all right. That. Let's so we're dive glad in. glad you're here. Glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you. Excited to be here. Yes. Okay. So let's recap really quick. Or we do you want to dive into her first? Well, let's do a quick recap because okay. I don't know a ton about the story from last week. Right. But we had our friend Victoria Shed here. Oh, yes. Yes. That's and right. it was really someone she knew really well. So mm-hmm. she told Kelly Goodwin's story. Yep. I know the part of the story that impacted me. Do you remember what part impacted you the most? It was her leaving her kids and her husband. That yeah. was really hard. That was the that part was, for me. Yeah. Was it the same for you? It was. I mean, here's, here's Kelly and Will, and they made the decision. Well, well, first off, we have to rewind. She had cancer as a child. Yes. And in treating that cancer, childhood cancer, they said, you're not going to have any kids. It was just one of the side effects of treating the cancer. So she and Will gets married. They get married. <clears throat> they said, you know, let's do the stuff that couples do when they're old. So they traveled the world. They built their careers. And somewhere in their early to mid-30s, they said, yeah, okay, we do want to have kids. Mm-hmm. But they had to have a surrogate. Right. And you remember the result of that? Yes. Instead of one, they got two. They got two. Mm-hmm. Oh, they got that's two. exciting. Yes. And about two years into having two, they said, we really do want another one. Just one more. You remember the result of that? <laughs> Three. They had triplets. Three. <laughs> Three of them. <laughs> wow. I know. That's so, incredible. So here's Will and Kelly with five kids under the age of three. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's what I would have. Well, I would have said, "Wow." Yeah. <laughs> no, it was it was heartbreaking because they did build up their life, and they were like, "You know what? We want a little bit more with to fill fill our cup with children." Yeah. And then it was just unfortunate that she didn't get to stay. Yeah. To so see they, them grow and our our friend Victoria was here, and she met Kelly at support group. Mm-hmm. So at Salem Hospital, they have a support group if you're a survivor and. Kelly's going to support group. I met Kelly one time for about five minutes. That's why I wanted Victoria to tell the story. But I, in June of 2019 at Salem Hospital, they were having Survivor Day because June is Survivor Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm there and, and Victoria says, hey, you need to bring that friend of mine. So I saw Kelly. And from a distance, I thought Kelly was pregnant. Now, I didn't know anything about Kelly other than you need to meet Kelly. Right. I meet Kelly, say hi to her. Then Victoria begins to tell me the story. She wasn't pregnant. Because she couldn't have kids. Right. And she already had five little kids, but her cancer had come back in her uterus. Yeah. And it was, the, the tumor was so big that she looked pregnant. pregnant. Oh, wow. 
that, that that's how big Sad. the tumor was. Yeah. And that was the middle of June, and two weeks later she passed away. That's hard. Jeez. It, Leaving Will with five kids under the age of four. Jeez, Louise. My mouth is just wide open. I know. Yeah. Jaw dropped. Sorry. I know you guys can't see it, but <laughs> Yeah, wow. for the listeners, Rachel is stunned right now. Yeah. So that was wow. three and a half years ago. And I'm still trying to find Will just to say, hey, can kick your cancer help at all? Right. Because here he is, single dad with five kids. Now they're probably under the age of eight. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I can't even imagine. Oh, yeah. That can't be easy at all. Not at all. So one of the reasons I really wanted to tell Kelly's story was it does follow our timeline, but it also follows a statement. And I'm not sure Rachel knows our statement that we use quite often. Oh, yes. Well, let's hear it. So in the Gettysburg Address, President Lincoln is on a train going to a horrific grave site. The North is ready to quit fighting. They're like, just let the South be the South. We don't want to keep playing this game. And President Lincoln's trying to figure out a way to inspire the North to keep fighting. So he pulls a napkin out, and he wrote 88 words down called the Gettysburg Address. Mm -hmm. And later on in the address, what he says is, from these honored dead, in other words, the people at that grave site, from these honored dead... Who gave the full measure of devotion? Notice they died. How do you, uh, yeah. Wow. Right? So they gave the full measure of devotion. Let us take increased devotion to the cause for which they gave the full measure of devotion. Do not let them die in vain. So that's what we say. We will not let them die in vain, and that's why we share their stories so oh, that absolutely. they do not die in vain. Oh, so I, I just want to make sure that Kelly didn't die in vain. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, so that was last heart. week's story. All right. But this is November, and November's Lung Cancer Awareness. Mm -hmm. And that's part of why I wanted Rachel here, because I brought my book again. Okay. My 30-year-old book called <laughs> Cancer Prevention Diet. And I went to the, the chapter on lung cancer. And, and it talks a lot about cigarettes, and we want to touch on that. But what Rachel does, her business is called Valley Radon. Mm -hmm. And before we dive too heavily into this... Rachel, take us a second and tell us what radon is and how it affects lung cancer. Absolutely, Baron. So radon, what most people don't realize is radon is a radioactive cancer-causing gas. You can't see, smell, or taste radon, but it impedes every home. So it comes from decaying uranium, uh, radium, granitic sand, things like that. So what happens is, is when those elements underground decay over time, it releases that gas called radon. When that radon seeps up through the soil, it, it comes through any imperfections in your home. And what happens is, is when that radon becomes trapped inside your house, that's when it becomes concentrated and harmful. So that is actually the second leading cause of lung cancer and the leading wow. cause of lung cancer in non-smokers. Wow. Yeah. So it's really high up there. Yep. So with that knowledge, I'm going to take you back to my AARP mag the article that we've talked about before. Mm -hmm. This article is from November of 2021, so it's only one year old. Okay. And the article is actually called, uh, The War on Cancer Turns 50. Because in 2021, we were 50 years in to the, quote, war on cancer. And for those listeners, I actually did do the air quote because I don't. We're not winning this war. No, we're President not. President Nixon started no, the National Cancer Institute in 1971. We're 50 years in. It's a losing battle. It's it a is a losing battle. And so, inside of this article, there's a little chart that they shows different cancers and how much progress we've made. So, as a point of comparison, 
in 1975, he got prostate cancer. He had a 66% chance of surviving. And now you have a 98% chance of surviving prostate wow. cancer. Wow. Okay. We made a, a lot of progress on that one. Yeah. Wow. What a right? difference. Big difference. If you were diagnosed with breast cancer, you had a 75%. Now you have a 92%. Mm-hmm. Wow. But if you were diagnosed with lung cancer in 1975, you had an 11% chance of surviving. Wow. And so in 2023, or 2013, you now have a 22% chance of surviving. So not a big difference no. at all. Not, after 40 years, really not a lot of progress in lung cancer, the article says one in five cancer deaths in the United States are attributed to lung cancer. So of all the people in the United States that die from cancer, one in five die from lung cancer. Wow. That's... And you have a statistic to add to that. I do. Um, you know, there, there's a few statistics, actually. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's very hard to kind of put right on in a nutshell. Really, I know a lot of people will probably, and I know you're going to touch on this later, Baron, but in the, in the regards of smoking, a lot of people think, okay, if I'm a smoker, that's why I'm going to get lung cancer. But that today is not true. Oh. So there are many other factors that lead to lung cancer, um, radon being one of them, and environmental factors that are affecting us and just the way that our tectonic plates are shifting and our earth is growing older, it's it's causing more things to add to that environmental factor of causing lung cancer. So even if someone is a smoker, they're 10 to 15 times more likely to develop lung cancer if they live in a home with high radon. Okay. So wow. it, it's very interesting because people don't realize that radon causes more deaths per year than drunk driving, Whoa. homes and fires, or home fires, excuse me, drowning and falls in a home. Wow. So so more people die from radon exposure correct. than wow. from drunk driving. Yes. That's insane. Yes. Did you, you, don't, you, don't did you even know that radon existed? No, Amanda? and that's what I was just thinking. And you most don't. people don't. In the last five years, maybe seven is a stretch. Radon has become more known. It has become heavily in the real estate industry where mm-hmm. a radon test is something that, you know, clients and agents are are having done during the sale of a home. Okay. Prior to that, think about people that have lived in their homes for anywhere from 10, 20. Some people have lived in their homes for 30 years or more. Yeah, one of my grandmas. Exactly. Years and say, over and 30. Same scenario. My family members, if they've lived in their homes that long, I'm looking at them now with the the science and, and the data that we have, along with the equipment that we have to test for this gas, that you can't see, smell, or taste. So how would you know it's how would you, yeah right how would you know if your house has high radon or if you don't mm-hmm. so you just said that in the last 5 to 7 years yeah so the data from this book is 2013 right that's 9 years ago mhm so you got from 1975 to 2014 40 years you went from 11% to 22% and then somewhere after 2013 because you said 5 to 7 years ago yep. somewhere People began to identify radon, but for 40 years, how much of these deaths were because of radon? We don't know. Yeah. But you did say that one of the statistics you found was of those those people that died from lung cancer, and this says one in five. So 20% of the deaths from cancer are lung cancer, but you said 13% of those? Of those are from radon, or at least contributed from radon. So say that one more time. So of the people who died from lung cancer, mm-hmm. 13%, 13% are from radon. Are from radon. Wow. 
and, yeah. and it's so preventable. You can. How do you absolutely? Take- it's it's so simple. You you can either reach out to myself, of course, as a radon testing company. There are other radon testing companies all over in Oregon for us to be able to use that as a resource to have your home be tested. Now, if your house comes back with high radon, it's not like, oh my gosh, we need to move. There's nothing we can do. We're going to die in this house. That's not what we're saying. Okay. Radon is very preventable. It's very easily mitigated. Um, generally, of course, you know, ballpark prices. It's not like you're asking for a new roof or foundation issues to be fixed in a real estate transaction, or you're looking at a huge undertaking to get rid of this problem in your home. It's very reasonable, and it's something that can make that go from whatever your reading is down to generally what we call a 0.5 pico picocuries per liter of air. Okay. So essentially when we test for radon, what we're doing is we're testing to see how many liters of radioactivity are in the air. And so we measure that by picocuries per liter of air is what it's called. Okay. So when we test a home, generally outside trace levels of radon, because it's everywhere around us, there's no escaping it. There's at least a little bit everywhere. Okay. 0.4 picocuries per liter. So 0.4 is very, very minimal. Now, if you look at, okay, well, at what point do I need to have a, a mitigation system put in my home to, you know, remediate my radon issue? So generally the EPA, the CDC, they say, okay, if you have a radon level of a 4.0, then that's when, you know, action is recommended. Right. Or higher. Because there are, uh, highest one I've ever retrieved from a home is a 31. Whoa. Wait, 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 wait back up. So what's a, what's a good number? There's technically no safe level of radon. Okay. However, what is a what is an ideal? Acceptable. What's an, what, what is what, an acceptable? What, correct. <laughs> so generally, they say under a four. And you found a thirty-one. A thirty-one. So that's like eight times acceptable. Yeah. And and put this into perspective. So if you had say your house came back at a zero point five, that's very low. That's still the equivalent of smoking one cigarette per day on your lungs in your home. You double Whoa. it. So think about that house with that 31. That's 64. 60, yeah. If 0.5 is one cigarette, then 32 is double. 64 cigarettes a day? On if, your if, lungs. If, if my what, ha- I, I'm not if a, my house, I don't know the cigarette math, but I think that's like two and a half packs or something. I mean, it's just crazy. So you said the highest you've had so far is a six, as a 31? 31. Yep. 31. So 62 so cigarettes. So if my house had a 31 and I didn't know it, that's and, like I'm smoking 62 cigarettes a day? And could you imagine if you were a smoker, you're at 10 to 15 times more likely to be at risk of lung cancer. And you did tell me one time that yes. if... If I'm a if I'm a smoker, and there's no cancer in my house, I have a one in ten chance of getting lung cancer. Correct. And if it, I'm a smoker and there is radon in my house, I have a one in three chance. That's of correct. It. Yes. Wow. It your triples odds your increase. chances of getting lung cancer if there's radon in the house. Yep. Am I saying that correctly? Yep. Okay, Absolutely. so I want to take it back to the 31. <laughs> you're, still, you're still shocked at 31. Rewind. Yeah. My turn to talk. <laughs> yeah. So you said that it's a lot of older houses where, like, the foundation is compromised and it so it seeps through? It can be a new house. It could be okay. an old house. Brand new construction can even have high radon. Right, well, because they can have faults in their foundation. and, and well, Is that how it comes through? Also, that- too, how sealed up is your home? Are there imperfections? Right. Even in a new construction scenario. 
horrible and contractors not, not think say, they're out there. Well, and there's beautiful contractors out there, but sometimes it doesn't matter how well or how poorly built that home is. Mm-hmm. It's the soil underneath it. Okay. A contractor can't walk up to a, a lot and say, okay, I'm going to build this house right here. Let me take a soil sample. That's not going to That's not going to tell you if the soil is going to come okay. back with high radon amounts. Okay. So the only way for us to check on that concentration level to where that becomes harmful for us and gives us that red flag for lung cancer is when you have the structure built and then there's trapped air inside that structure that's when that gets into the home it becomes concentrated and then there's an issue so it's not like a contractor can say okay we're going to build this house in our demographic for Salem or even Oregon as a whole West Salem South Salem Portland are more known to have high radon as well as homes with basements. Okay. And generally speaking, look at look at the the geology in West and South Salem. They're built on hill formations, mm-hmm. larger rock structures. Okay. So when you think about those, where does radon come from? Well, that decaying uranium they're in rock formations. So if you're on large rock formations, it's a pretty good key indicator. I should have my home checked. Okay. But, Does that clear things up a little bit? Yeah. Way? But every home should be checked for radon because you just don't know. Right. We're finding more places in, you know, Northeast Salem, Kaiser, as to where I've heard a number of of professionals in our, our industry say, oh, there's no radon in these, these areas of where we live. But then I've gone through and, and I've performed hundreds of radon tests to where I can argue that and say, I have found high readings in those places. Every home should be checked. Yeah. But what people don't realize is radon gas is heavier than most gases. Therefore, it's concentrated the heaviest towards towards the ground. So our pets. Do you have kids? Do you have pets? Look how close do you your play dog the, is to the ground. Do, oh, you yeah. play, do you play with your kids on the ground? Yeah. Has has your daycare that you send your kids to been checked? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it just you don't know until yeah. you test for it. And the testing is so minimal. Right. For that peace of mind, it's a drop in the bucket. Right. Okay, so now, let, so the, the one that read 31. Yeah. You're still on the 31. <laughs> well, you stop how it. Could you, how could you not be? I've been stuck on it for a while now. <laughs> so I would imagine they got it, what, what would you say, treated? So a mitigation system will most certainly have to be installed in that home. Okay. I, I, as a as a as a radon professional, I don't I don't see why somebody would see that and go. Now we're still good. So right. just for clarification, what exactly is a mitigation? What is it? What right. is it? And what does it do? Because I was going to ask if it was like something you treat. That's a great often, question. Or like every few years? Because so, I would imagine it would build back up to that thirty one. As, as tectonic plates shift, as things change in our Earth's core, um, w- EPA says you should test your home every two to three years because those levels are constantly changing. Okay. There's no radon level that's going to generally be spot on unless, sure, unless you are very diligent and you check probably more often than you should, which is right. good for you. But, <laughs> I mean, right. most people don't, though. Mm-hmm. So... In order to lower the level in your home, if you do have a mitigation system installed into your house, what that is, generally speaking, there are multiple types of mitigation systems. Whether you have a basement, so that means you have no crawl space, mm-hmm. right? That's a slab of concrete on top of soil. Concrete is very porous, hence the reason why they say test homes with basements, because 
It absorbs. It can come right through. Yeah. So with that, homes with a basement, generally a mitigation company uh, will will do concrete drilling. They'll dig a hole underneath the, the slab of concrete to create an air pocket because what does a gas try to do? It finds a path path of least resistance into the air. Okay. So if you create an air pocket and you have a uh, PVC style piping, that's that's fairly big, like a five, four inch yeah, yeah, around? Like, like in diameter, yeah. Okay. So, you know, they would install a perforated piping system with a fan attached to it. So what that's doing is that's sucking out that concentrated radon prior to it entering your home to really drop that level in yep. your home to become a safe, more, or as we said, a more acceptable level. Right, right, right. Okay. Now in a house with a crawl space, you have, you know, that, that little bit of physical, literal crawl right. space. Some are, <laughs> they some are call big. it a crawl space for a reason, right? Amen. And you know what? Some people's crawl spaces are bigger. Good for them. Right. Um, <laughs> that's great. But same style. They put in that perforated piping system. Of course, they don't have to dig a hole, but they also want to make sure that your vapor barrier is intact because, of course, things can get down there. You can have, you know, water leakage problems and have to have a sump pump. Um, you could have rodents that intrude and, you know, rip up your vapor barrier or things like that. So keeping that in good condition is very important on top of having crawl space vents. I've actually come across quite a few homes recently that don't even have crawl space vents because they weren't built with them because they're older homes. Right. If you think about a basement scenario and a crawl space scenario and you have crawl space vents, I think of it as a slight lousy dilution because it has a little bit of way toward the air rather than into your home as opposed to a basement where it doesn't have that option. Right. So backtracking, in a house with a crawl space, if you need a mitigation system put in, they do the perforated piping system with the fan, very similar to the basement mitigation, um, and it sucks out that concentrated air before impeding your home. Okay. So generally they run that piping system up past the roof line. Mm-hmm. So that way when that gas get expe- gets expelled, it's not like it's outside your kitchen window and you got your window open while you're cooking. It's coming right back inside. Right. So right. Okay. They've, they've, they've got it down to a very good science on how to keep that out of your house. Now, as I mentioned, things shift, things change. How can you ensure that say you had a mitigation system installed in your house five years ago. Mm-hmm. How can you ensure that, okay, it's still keeping up with making sure my house is safe? Even if you have a home with a mitigation system, it is so important to test your home regularly. Make sure that that mitigation system is working. If there is an issue, then you reach out to that company that came and installed that system, and you say, hey, I had my home tested. Here's what my levels came back at. I have a mitigation system, but it's not quite quite cutting it. So right. let's let's talk about what we need to do next. Okay. So essentially as silly as it sounds, it's a it's a perforated pipe with a fan system. Okay. Yeah. Sucks it, sucks it right out like a vacuum. Oh, oh that's easy. Yep, in a nutshell. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. So you don't do that part. You just go in and you test for it and then you kind of like what subcontract it out in a sense? Correct. Okay. So what I do um, is I do the I do the testing portion. Um, what I have done to remedy the solution of not providing installation directly is I've partnered with other mitigation companies to be able to have my clients have a a reliable trusting source to have that work done. Yeah. Now, of course, anybody is welcome to use whichever mitigation company they would like. Mm -hmm. So I try to give them, you know, hey, here's some options. Right, right. Here's some things that just so that way they don't feel like they're in an uphill battle starting their homework. Yeah. Because nothing's, nothing's better than having at least a head start. Right. So we are looking to be able to provide that to our clients here in the near future. Actually, we're working on that this year um, to hopefully be able to provide that in 2023 for our clients. Okay, awesome. 
We got out one minute before break. Am I am I right? Yes. So I'm gonna leave you with one last thought, and then I want to pick this discussion up for break. Okay. Let's do it. We're kind of cut you off. That's okay. You know, you give her an inch and she just rolls. I take a mile. I can't help it. That's why I wanted her to be. I don't have this knowledge and she does. Yeah. But go back to our book, which is now 30 years old. Mm -hmm. And and it talks about the cause of cancer. It says, "Researchers uh, researchers, researchers have noted an association between lung cancer and increased environmental issues. But they don't specify what the environmental issues are. Because the researchers were just starting to discover in 1993, okay. it wasn't just lung can- or cigarette smoking. We'll get more into cigarettes in the second half. But this says in the book, everything you're saying now they have it. But in 93, they were suspicious that our environment was contributing to lung cancer. Interesting. Interesting? Yeah. Well, the... Nope, you're all right. We're going to send it uh, to break, and we will be back in just a couple minutes. Huge shout-out to our sponsor for this first half, and that is Oddmo's Pizza. They are all over Salem, so make sure to go get pizza. Their cauliflower crust is to die for. Oh, it's so good. It is. Oh, I wolfed it down. Okay, we'll be back. (laughs) 